this is Angie Miles, and this is The Rock of Recovery, and this is Defeating Anxiety. It's lesson number six. The name of the lesson is Prison Camp of Anxiety. Remember how at the end of lesson five, we talked about being prisoners. Uh, we put ourselves in our own prison uh, by our own uh, mental thinking of being a victim, and then others put us in prison and hold us captive because we haven't forgiven them. And we're gonna work through that lesson later. So right now, I want you to start working on retraining your thinking. So as an introduction here, I want you to see that anxiety is a prison camp of suffering and is within your power to stop it. Anxiety captures you in the bondage of suffering. So if you keep suffering over and over and over again, with the same mental trap, mentally, emotionally suffering, which leads you uh, to substance use and to other dysfunctional behaviors or toxic relationships so that you can try to comfort yourself. I want you to understand that those are just ways that you're trying to comfort yourself, but there are healthier ways to do this that will give you a lasting change and not end up in the same traps in the same prisons over and over again. So anxiety captures you in the bondage of suffering until you recognize your dysfunctional behaviors that cover those deep inner wounds, until you stop trying to change people in situations that you cannot change, and until you stop identifying with the broken circumstances and broken inner parts. So I don't want you to um, identify any longer with those broken little parts. I want you to start identifying with Christ. So let's see, I got the lesson pulled up here. So the lesson is stop being your own enemy and build your identity as a warrior, as a soldier, as a strong, mighty warrior. So in what ways are you your own enemy? If you're in entertaining anxiety, you're on the enemy's side of the battle. You're tearing down and destroying your own life with this anxious thinking that drives you to, to destructive behaviors. This behavior plunders you of all the enjoyment of your day. It robs you of your health and anxiety keeps you distracted from the things which really matter. And anxiety's weapons are fear, worry, discouragement, and confusion. So in Proverbs 14:1, it says, every wise person builds their house, but a foolish person tears it down with their own hands. And I'm going to start, you know, tearing down a relationship with my mouth. And so what I've had to do is I've had to learn how to control my speech, how to control my tongue, how to not say words that I'm going to have to go back and unravel or say I'm sorry for later, but just to walk away until I've got control over my thoughts, control over my tongue control over my speech. And a lot of times we just need to do that. If we're in a, in a situation where the emotions are high, you can't speak out of emotions without tearing down something. So when emotions are high, just separate yourself uh, until you deal with your emotions and then come back together again. So that has been one of the strongest skills that I have learned to help build healthy relationships with my husband. Because if I am tearing him down with my mouth, well, now I gotta go back and repair that. Well, now he doesn't trust me. He doesn't trust me to be, to his heart to be safe with me. So if you want people to feel like they're safe with you, that they can, they can trust you to be there for them and to care for them and to be always kind to them, then you have to be able to be trustworthy with with our mouths. We have to be trustworthy with what our speech is doing. So what we say about a situation is powerful. 
What we say to ourselves about a circumstance is powerful. And do not elevate your emotions to the level of truth. And so don't go by your feelings because feelings are never the, the truth. They're just feelings. They're just feelings. And, and that's what I want you to, 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 um, to bring into your thinking to be able to start changing that. So now here's what the truth is. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's Psalms 139.14. I am made in the image of a mighty God. Genesis 1.26. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Romans 8.28. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. Romans 8.37. There is nothing that can separate me from the love of God. Not death, not life, nor angels, nor demons, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. In Romans 8. 35. And absolutely nothing can separate me from God's love. Not trouble, not hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword like addiction. There is not anything that was intended to destroy me. There's nothing that's going to separate you. There is no drug. There's no meth. There's no heroin. There's no abandonment. There's no divorce. There's no neglect. There's no rejection. There's no prostitution. There's nothing that you could have done that's going to separate you from the love of God. And so when you understand that, then you can understand that God's love is greater than all of that. And you can take all of that stuff, all of that guilt and shame, and you can just put it right under the blood of Christ. And you can start identifying yourself with who Christ made you to be so that you identify with him and his righteousness. And that can cover us and cover our filthy rags. And Isaiah says our righteousness is like filthy rags, and it surely is. And the closer you get to the Lord, the more you realize that and the more that you realize that you need his righteousness to cover you. So there's nothing that it can ever come between you and Christ. Addictions can capture you in a prison of anxiety. And you can even be addicted to being anxious. I know for years I was addicted to my anxiety. That was just the way I lived. I lived with this anxious, fearful uh, mentality. And, and I, felt, I felt guilty if I, wasn't being, if I wasn't being anxious and worrying about everybody else's problems. So addictions capture us in this prison camp of anxiety in the bars of our cage is the lies that we believe. So I want you to get up and I want you to fight for your freedom. So what lie do you need to renounce? And what truth do you believe? So sometimes you have to say a verse a hundred times a day to be able to change your thinking. So I used to, uh, used to write out a scripture in the morning and it didn't matter where I put it. I could put it on the mirror, I put it in the refrigerator, put it above my sink where I wash dishes, put it, put it in the car. It didn't matter where I put it. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't focus on it. But if I wrote it on my hand, if I wrote it on my hand, if I tied it around my neck, wrote it on a three by five card and tied it around my neck, and I just kept pulling it up and saying it over and over and over again, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I just started, I just started taking uh, uh, verses and I just started working through them and memorizing them so that when I was thinking anxious thoughts, I took them captive. Remember, we were to take every thought captive to the word of God, to tearing down strongholds. Well, the way I did that was with the sword, which is the word of God. And I put that right before my eyes. And there's a verse in Proverbs that says, get it before the frontlets of your eyes. Get it right here <laughs> so you can see it. And, and so when your thoughts are going this way, you're pulling that verse up and you're reading that. And it may take a hundred times to memorize the first word. 
And then after you get that first word, then all of a sudden it's going to start opening up a little, a little, a little, and you're going to get the first phrase and then the whole dam's going to break and you're going to have the whole verse. And now you're going to have this peace and this rest in your heart. And we're going to talk more about that the next lesson. But as this, as this word of God has come in, it's going to subdue and quiet and calm and conquer all anxiety. And now you're going to be identifying with the Lord, my shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And, and now you're going to identify with, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And there is nothing that can separate me from the love of God. It's just an emotion. It's like a warning light on your dashboard of life. life. It's, it's something in your thinking that needs to be examined, that needs to be worked through, that needs to be corrected and released. But it is not you, nor does it need to be elevated to your identity. So the principle here I want you to learn is that the truth sets you free. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free in John 8, 32. So if you're having lots of anxiety, I want you to start uh, processing that looking what's underneath it. Remember, uh, anxiety is like a curtain. Move that curtain behind. Find out what motion you haven't, you haven't worked through so that you can start uh, unraveling those wounds and those hurts. And in the, the Torment in Mind series that we'll do after the anxiety series, we'll do a series on a wounded spirit and how to recover from that wounded spirit. So I'm really excited about this series because I really feel like when we get through 100 or 200 lessons, you're going to be like, okay, I got the skills to start thinking right. Uh, I've got the skills to, to build my life on principles and precepts and statutes and commandments and not on these fickle, imbalanced emotions and not on what other people say and not on what other people think and not what other people told me or what happened to me, not on my circumstances, not on my situation, but on the truth and the power of a mighty God. So in conclusion, it is your passive thinking that needs to be reeled in. If you are not purposeful about what you are thinking, anxiety will capture your every moment and fill it with stress. So it takes a purposeful training of your mind to build a new identity and to reject all anxious thoughts. And this is a war against the passive thinking on enemy ground. Fight for your freedom from anxiety. Now, if, if I'm intentionally thinking something, and I'm studying something, like I'm studying music, I'm studying my quilting, I'm studying uh, Spanish, I'm studying, I'm writing these lessons for you. If I'm intentionally thinking something, my thinking's good. But if I'm just relaxed and I'm passive, if I have not been in the Word, if I'm not focused on worshiping the Lord, if I'm not memorizing and meditating on Scripture, all of a sudden problems start coming in and anxiety starts coming in and I've got this passive thinking, then it'll take me a few minutes to say, whoa, wait, how did I get here? And so it used to take me two days to realize that I lost my peace. But now it only takes me a few, a few minutes. And I'm like, now, wait a minute. I'm, I'm not going there. I'm not, I'm not going that way. I've been, been around that bush. I've been around that problem. And I'm not talking about things that need to be addressed today. I'm not talking about uh, something that needs to be taken care of, a bill that needs to be paid or or uh, something that you said that you would do that you need to get, get moving towards and do. Uh, I'm talking about things that you've thought of over a hundred times. That, that there's just no, there's no solutions. They just drag you down. They just put you back in, in, that, in that prison camp. And so I just want you to start uh, letting those things go and, and stop thinking them. And, and a lot of times we think if we, if we think them harder, if we think them longer, if we think them more, that, that we'll make sense of them. Well, there's some stupid things that happen to us that no matter how hard we, we think about it, we're never going to be able to make sense 
of having been molested as a child. There is no way to justify that. There's no way to make any sense of it. It's wrong. It was wrong what somebody did to you. They put you in captivity to this guilt, to this shame, to this abuse, to this identity, to this bitterness, to this anger, to this unforgiveness. And we're going to get some movement and we're going to get out of that and we're going to heal that because that, that might have happened to to you but you are going to be so separated from it that you're going to when you talk about it it's going to sound like you're talking about somebody else because god's going to heal your heart and he's going to heal your mind and you're no longer going to be that person you're no longer going to be identifying with that you're going to come back up here and you're going to say no no i am fearfully and wonderfully made now say it with me i am fearfully and wonderfully made you are made in the image of a mighty God and you're going to be able to come through this when you know who you are and who you are in Christ and not who other people have told you that you are. So in conclusion, that passive thinking has got to be reeled in. We got to be purposeful about taking anxiety captive and not letting our, our life be filled with stress, but to recognize it so that we can start moving out of it. So this takes a purposeful training of our mind to build a new identity and reject anxious thoughts. Just say, nope, not going there. I've already been there before. I'm not going to think that anymore. Now, this is a war against passive thinking and thinking on enemy ground, and we got to fight for our freedom. So in Matthew 12, 29, it says, how could somebody come in to a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind that strong man, and then he, he steals from him, and then he spoils his house? Well, here it is, the strong man. Remember the strong man we talked about? There's this strong part of you, and then there's all these little parts of you, these little parts that need, need loved on and nurtured and matured and parented, but they don't need to be in charge. The strong man needs to be in charge. And if these little parts bind this strong man, then you're going to have difficulty being able to keep what's yours. And the enemy's going to come in and plunder and destroy. And then it talks about that strong man again in Luke 11, 24. It says, when the unclean spirit's gone out from a man, he walks through dry places seeking rest. And finding none, he says, well, I'm going to return to my house where I came from. And he finds it swept and he's decorated. And then he goes and he takes seven more spirits, more wicked than himself. And he enters in and he lives there. And the last is worse than the first. So as we start sweeping and cleaning out the anxiety and getting that stuff out of our heart and out of our head, we've got to replace it with good things. We've got to replace it with strength and with character and with higher thoughts than us. So that now we've got We've got strength. We've got the guard of courage at this door. We've got the guard of peace at this door. We've got love and kindness on our tongue. We've got uh, steadfastness in front of our hearts, being honorable and diligent and honest. And, and now we've got guards. We've got watchmen on our tower looking for those things that are going to come in and plunder so that they can no longer take over. Because if we don't purpose to put things right here that are healthy, that are good, that are going to nurture us, well, we might clean out one thing like anxiety, and then seven more things comes back even worse. So it's important to keep looking at what is, is taking over, looking at what is binding us, looking at what's, what's uh, consuming our thought life. 
so that we can say, now that's not healthy and I need help getting that, getting rid of that thought. I need help getting rid of this. And that's where your groups, support groups and your sponsors are going to help you. So don't rob yourself of a chance to mature and to grow and experience victory in overcoming self-imposed burdens of poor decision-making. These anxieties turned into responsibilities and firmly placed on your shoulders might be the very weight you need to correct yourself. So yes, there's a lot of consequences that are coming from poor choices that you've made. But if you just, like Rocky says, if you just wait just long enough, the, the good choices are going to have good consequences chasing you down. So you got to get a far enough away from the past and far enough away from the old man to start having a renewed man, a renewed thinking, uh, a new life and a new identity. And then let's do our Psalms 18.2 scripture. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength and whom I trust. And that's Psalms 18.2. Now the Lord has begun to show your servant, you his servant, his greatness and his strong hand. And he is going to bring you out of this valley of darkness. For what God is there in heaven or in earth who can do the deeds and the mighty works that you do, O God? I believe you, Lord, but help my unbelief. Lord, help me to believe in, in, in the power of God and the power of a living God and the power of healing. Because a lot of us, we believe, but we just don't believe. And that's where we got to go to the Lord and we got to say, Lord, you got to help me. Because if you don't help me to believe, I, I'm not going to be able to do this. And I do that all the time. There, there's, there's so many things that the Lord answers quickly. And then there's other things that he leaves in my life to help me build and shape and mold my character. So this is Angie Meadows. And I hope you enjoyed this lesson. The next one's going to be on resting, learning how to rest. Now, these uh, PDFs are on enablersjourney.com. The YouTube channel is Angie G. Meadows. The podcast is Rocker Recovery on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Pandora. The Rocker Recovery book is published on Amazon. And we also turned it around into language for just everyday people that go through anxiety. It's called rule and reign your internal world. And I think if we start with kids, we start when they're 13, 14, 15, and we start working them through these thinking skills and these thinking lessons so that they can think higher and more mature their, than their emotions. Then when they're 16, 17, 18, they're not going to be going into emotional regression. They're not going to be following their emotions. They're going to be following the trusted guide, the trusted guide of truth that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. There you go. <laughs> Bye, guys. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.